everyone. Welcome back to the Girl of Gen Z podcast. And for today's guest, I have Anderson. Welcome Hello. to the episode. Oh yeah, I have to talk. <laughs> I forgot I can't be seen. I have to actually speak and yeah. say things. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, hello, my name is Anderson. Nice to meet you. So, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Um, I grew up in Hamilton, in Ontario, and I always was back and forth to Mississauga, how we met, uh, through my dance studio. Um, my family on one side is from Mississauga, the other side in Hamilton. So, kind of grew up between the two, but Hamilton always has a, a soft spot, a spot in my in my heart. Yeah. So is it your mom's family that's on that side? Yeah. So my mom, um, we, we lived around a few different places, uh, when I was young. Um, but Hamilton is really where I grew up from the age of like five. We lived there and my grandpa and my grandma lived there as well. Um, yeah. And just grew up, went to school there. And then by the time I was 20, I was ready to leave home and I moved in with my grandparents in Mississauga. So I, oh, okay. I was going to school in Toronto and the plan was to move to Toronto, but I didn't want a roommate. I didn't, I just wanted to live on my own. And then I realized, oh, like that's really expensive. <laughs> um, my grandparents were like, well, you can come live with us in Mississauga. That's, that's more a, like on the way to Toronto. So I lived with them for three years so from 20 to 20 to 23 I lived with my grandparents and that was awesome that was such a good experience just getting to live with them because growing up I didn't get to see them as often because they weren't the grandparents that lived around the corner um so getting to live with them as an adult really like deepened our relationship and and just um yeah I'm really thankful to have spent that time with them were you close to them when you were younger I always loved my grandparents. It was almost like a mythological side in a way because I wasn't super close with my dad growing up and still I'm not really. Um, but where did he live? Um, I don't know where he lived at that time, honestly. Okay. Maybe Mississauga? I actually don't know where he lived when I was that growing up. But now he lives in Peterborough. He's lived in Peterborough for like 10 years or something. Okay. He lived in Toronto for a bit. I don't know where he lived before that, honestly. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so, but my mom never held me back from seeing my grandparents. She never like used me as a tool. I was like, well, you can't see your grandparents unless you give me money. Or, you know what I mean? She yeah, never yeah. did that. So um, when I did get to go see them, it was always really exciting. Um, my aunt used to live with them. She was like 25 or something when I was young. So she was always the cool aunt that would take me to go and do things. We'd go to the movies. So when I was young, my dream, I always wanted to go live with my grandparents. Like I thought that was the coolest house. I thought they were the coolest people. Was it a nice house? Was it like Oh, I love the house. It wasn't modern, but it was like... Homey? Just so homey. It was big, but didn't feel like a mansion where you echo or anything. And I think just... The, the memories of everyone there for Christmas and that sort of thing was um, really just special. Yeah, just so special. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the smell, like the smell of the hallway just had such a certain smell. scent, for yeah. sure. It's like everyone has their scent and there was just really special. Yeah, and it just brings you back. But they actually just moved. I saw on in... your Instagram story, you're like, bye house. Oh, my God. I was a mess because it's like, here's this thing that you've had 
in your life that means so much to you for so long and they live there for like 40 something years it's and a now grandparent thing they live in a house for like ever forever they like there's a reason why they have to move yeah and my grandparents thankfully they're very like their goals they're almost 80 but they're going to like abu dhabi or dubai they're going somewhere on That's a trip where they're moving no no no, oh, no, no, no. Trip. oh my god that would be pretty epic <laughs> That would be so epic. I was epic. like, "Whoa, that's a pretty big life changing moment." Yeah, like, seniors just no, you just peace, you know. Bye, guys. It's been a blast. That's so funny. Yeah, no, they're going on a vacation, but they're just so active, and they have grand so many grandkids that they're always going and running and doing this and that. So they decided to move because now this house was too big for them, and and they're still capable, but they didn't want it to get to the point where one day they absolutely can't handle it and now it's like an emergency situation of needing to move where the way they went about it was I know in five years I'm not going to be as capable as I am now so I want to move while I'm still able pick a place find a new get settled all that um so yeah that was what I guess initiated them to move but it was definitely and is still a big life change right for everyone is it far from their old place um, they moved from Mississauga. They moved into Oakville. So about like 15, not bad. <laughs> 15 minutes. No, it's not. But it's just moving from like a five bedroom house to a two bedroom condo. Huge change. Yeah. Especially when you said they've been there for 40 years. 40 so years. Like just having, like you said, those hallways, that, that just the empty space like, yeah. available and yeah. then to downsize. I know. And it's weird. And their house is always the one where everyone goes there for christmas it's like every holiday house it's the holiday house so <laughs> that is where it's kind of nerve-wracking of all these navigating like thanksgiving's coming up yeah who's house are you gonna do that that's the thing it's like what are we gonna do now i think they're hosting it at their party room in the condo but it's like it's the first holiday where they're not gonna be at the yeah, house so it's, it's just like an adjustment yeah, a change an adjustment sure. yes. many many adjustments yes. happening in life and that's one of them yeah Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So would you say that your childhood was happy for the most part? Were you a happy kid? I think so. I think I had a lot of experiences that most children probably didn't have in the sense of like growing up with a single mom and knowing a lot about the finances or the struggles or um, just certain, yeah, certain challenges that we went through. I think that I was happy, but I definitely, once I got older, realized like not everybody went through that. So I think I was happy, but I just adapted to what my version of normal was. was. Right. Yeah. But I think I was happy. I think I still am a, a kind of happy person, but I think my standard of like normal might be lower than other people's or in a yeah. certain way, you know? Yeah, like, no, I see where, where you're coming from with yeah. that, especially with you saying like, yeah, your version of normal based on your living scenario and mm -hmm. the way you grow up and... Yeah, you know. not having two parents or... Yeah. yeah, or just like maybe being a little bit financially more challenged. egalitarian when you have like the two parents that work or like a... We learned this in school. That like sounds familiar. Matriarchal, more family. So you just had your mom. So yeah. it wasn't so much egalitarian. It was more... I think it's matriarchal. Think. Yeah. Think. Don't call me, but it's like the mom takes kind of the charge on that. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah my parents weren't together, so it wasn't even like an option, really. Yeah. They just weren't together. My mom had to do everything. Um, and she busted her butt a lot 
Did she work multiple jobs? Multiple jobs. Um, And I think that also just showed me like a general work ethic too. I realized that I, I was thankful for that because my mom showed me like you do what you have to do. If that means you work from this time to that time and then go to the next job and work from this time to that time, that's what you have to do. So I spent from a young age a lot of time alone while my mom was working. I'm an only child. And my mom, it wasn't like she just abandoned me. But she had to pay the bills. She had to pay the bills. She was working, but she would always say, go to your friend's house. Like, go hang out. Ask your friends to go to the park. Go visit your grandparents. Like, go hang out at their house. She tried to give you things to do to keep your time yeah. filled. And but I was like, was no, I kid. just want to stay home alone. <laughs> I was like nine years old. Like, I remember I'd be nine years old, which now I'm like, oh my gosh, that probably is not right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But my mom just like, that was she worked across the street too so in an emergency she was there yeah but i just loved being home alone and feeling independent and being like i'm gonna make my dinner tonight and then like (laughs) yeah you know when you're a kid you just run around your house doing all kinds of random things like that's what i did and i loved it so what did you cook yourself oh i thought i was a chef beyond all chefs because i could cook the best mushrooms like i just like to cook mushrooms like grill them like no just like saute them in a pan sometimes i just love mushrooms i still do but yeah i would just make mushrooms sometimes i would make spaghetti i don't eat uh beef anymore but when i did i used to like make spaghetti and make sauce and i still love making sauce i like making tomato sauce and stuff but Yeah. yeah i would just make spaghetti and think i was a genius was there know? ever a time where your mom came home and you just like made a disaster of like the kitchen or honestly probably but none that come to mind one time i was 14 i was cooking mushrooms actually and i was home alone <laughs> and the stove okay so here's the backstory the when we have candles you know how it gets to a certain point that it doesn't burn anymore but there's still a little bit of wax yeah. in the bottom. So my mom would always put them on the stove and turn the stove on very low so that it would heat the candle enough to use the rest of the wax. But then what happened was sometimes the glass broke and whatever wax was in like poured all over our stove. So that's a fire hazard, number one. You shouldn't be doing that. But <laughs> again, that's just the way you've met my mom. My mom's a very, she's a wonderful person, but she like really she's just like, odd and that's where I get it from but yeah so there was wax all in our stove which is flammable so we just like didn't really use that burner very much and then one day I was cooking and I was making my mushrooms and then the wax from underneath caught fire and literally ignited the whole yeah it just went like this I was home alone I was 14 I had my two dogs were there bigger kind of dogs and the smoke alarms going off like the house is filling with smoke and I'm like oh my god what do I do so my first reaction is okay flip the pan over and smother it but then my second reaction (laughs) is like no there's oil in this pan so that's gonna make this fire worse worse." yeah so then I was like okay the dog is freaking out the dog's barking the fire detector's going off I'm like oh my god what's happening and then I'm, is this a house? This is in a uh, townhouse. Okay. Yeah, so okay. kind of small on the first level. Dogs freaking out, fire detector, all these things happening. I was looking for, you know, you're you're like, what did my teachers tell me to do? And like, <laughs> stop that roll. Like, what am I supposed to do right now? I couldn't find any flour or sand or anything to soak it up. So I just grabbed a towel and soaked it in the sink and threw the towel on the so- stove. And it just went like this. And I was like, 
I just stood there kind of like, what just happened? Oh my gosh. And the walls were all black black and this. And then maybe honestly, 10 minutes later, my mom came home from work and I was like, mom, there was just a fire. Like, <laughs> she's like, oh my God, are you okay? Like, what happened? The walls are black. And I was like, no, it's okay. Like, I handled it. I saved it. it. I saved, I saved it. the house. Yeah. And the dog. Yeah. And myself. And myself. And my mom was just like, oh my gosh. Like, good for you for doing that. Good for you for thinking of those things. Imagine but if you didn't, like... If it I just, just ran out too quick and, enough. Yeah, yeah. You just ran out like a maniac. <laughs> like ditch peace. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Your doctor was like running wild. Oh, like what the heck is yeah. going on? I know that it's scary. It was scary because it just spreads so fast and it's kind of intimidating. And yeah, but I just, you know, if you're ever in that moment, just grab a towel, soak it and just spray water as much as you can. <laughs> And then deal with Don't the mess after. Don't flip the pan with the oil over. Don't flip the pan. I'm so glad. I was so close. Yeah. Because that would have then actually well, probably blown Because you're freaking out. Up. Your nervous happens within seconds. You grab whatever's nearest to you. But I'm yeah. glad you had the like logic to think for a yeah. moment. Okay. Not the smartest idea. Yeah. You have to kind of have yourself. that thought process in the moment of like, what's actually logical here? Right. And just, yeah. Not, not always act on that first thing. You kind of have to take a moment to just like center yourself yes, I guess yes. maybe I was very wise as a 14 year old I don't know <laughs> so let's get on into I guess how we met and then mm-hmm. kind of where you're at in life now and kind of that area so we met at a dance studio that yeah. now you run own? yeah partially not own but like manage to a degree okay there's a okay. couple there's a four of us plus the owner um who we run it as a team collective um, the, uh, the original owner, as you would know, um, but everyone else would not, uh, she passed away about two years ago now. So that's when we all kind of stepped in to manage our certain parts of it. And just as a collective, everyone stepped up, keep it going. Yeah. Everyone stepped up, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But it's definitely a, a new era, um, for the studio. That's another location in my life that has been there for 40 something years. And we're also moving. That's crazy as well. Yeah. So lots of changes in the past two years in that area. So you grew up dancing at this studio and this studio only. Mm -hmm. My mom grew up dancing there as well. So do you want to kind of tell that backstory first then? And then you started? Yeah. So I think Miss Nancy started it in 1976, I believe. And my mom joined probably in like 1980 or something like that. So my mom grew up dancing there from the time she was nine. And then she grew up, became a teacher, went through that whole thing, did all the training. Um, Back in the day, they used to have a lot more kind of certification. I was going to ask, yeah, how did that process end up coming about? Yeah, like we sort of, our studio, we really do kind of just go through the process where if you stick around long enough, you eventually start assistant teaching and then eventually get your own class. And then eventually if you stay and enjoy it and are good enough, you would develop into a full-time teacher. Um, So that's what happened with my mom. And when my mom had me, she was quite young. She was 21. She turned 22 like two weeks later. And she would just bring me to the studio in the little car seat while she was teaching dance oh really yeah so she would just bring me in and I was just a baby literally didn't have any you know I was just sitting there and then what was she teaching I think jazz like everything tap kind of my mom 
like who goes back to teaching dance literally two weeks after having a baby doing the splits <laughs> apparently she was like doing this i was thinking like tapping and it's so loud and you're just like in this car seat yeah just like that didn't startle you at all as i know an infant. My, my mom though is the total type is just like get used to it yeah. you'll be okay you'll be fine you know and then i guess maybe that's where i still do it now you know yeah yeah yeah. um yeah so then i guess when i was about three is when i officially started dancing there so you enrolled in your first class yeah yeah my mom would teach me dance at home of course not really by choice either she would kind of like (laughs) do this do this now (laughs) learn this step like she wanted me to be the little prodigy yeah Um, like little gopher yeah like the yeah, she had to like test out her moves. Yeah, but yeah, class. guinea pig. Yeah, guinea pig. Yes. Yeah, a little guinea pig. And um, yeah, so then I grew up dancing there, and then just stuck with it. And I don't know if we ever danced together until later. Way later. Yeah, like way, our way, last way years. Yes. I think because I by then I I was one of the few who didn't go leave and go to university. That's typically when people kind of stop. Um, but I didn't go to university, so I stayed dancing for those extra two years yeah someone and else i think that's when did we... in our class too laura did yeah and what class was that though well oh prima donna yeah jazz yeah i don't think she was in our contemporary and not contemporary she no. just wanted to stay in the jazz yeah a yeah. little heavy in our your arms yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love that piece yeah <laughs> that was such a good one honestly that was i remember i was going through a breakup at that time um when we were doing that dance and I just remember being so like emotionally so sad yeah I'm gonna use this sadness and this heartbreak yeah so a little backstory it's like a heavy contemporary piece is by what Florence and the Machine yeah and our costumes that we had and just like like ripped it was tattered my parents were like that was like crazy good like I remember we won like a special award we got a really really high mark and like I wasn't going through a breakup, but I remember being like so invested yes. in this piece and our teacher just kept being like, like, feel this out. Like you've yeah. got this. And we all were so committed. Yeah. So yeah, that piece was really sick. It was fun. It was just great to kind of like connect into, the, I mean, an element that we didn't normally, not that we, it just wasn't the typical for our studio. Yeah. For and because contemporary was sort of a style that started emerging. And one thing about Miss Nancy was she did sometimes take a little bit of convincing to bring on those newer styles the more i don't want to say millennial but yeah yeah totally like the hipper things just evolve you know and that's that's natural she was into her classic the classic, classic jazz songs classic tap songs yeah so you tried to bring out anything new and it was like mm, no and then mm. you're like but why other studios yeah. are and it, we've gotten there eventually oh, yeah. right and that it took some time of just like kind of introducing yeah, it so yeah. it was kind of new to our studio for a time And then, yeah, after that, so I would have been about 19 maybe at that time. I then, when I was 20, I was teaching then, but I was just teaching. just like your own classes? I think I had, not then, but I did have my first class when I was 16. I was teaching. And then I took a couple years off and I went to George Brown. I took a dance program there when I was 20. That's when I moved to Mississauga with my grandparents. And that was so much fun. It was just one year of dancing all day every day jazz and modern which you loved anyway yeah we got to do acting as well and singing so yeah it was a really great experience well-rounded program totally that's yeah it was just so much fun and it was very intense because every single day you're dancing and doing this and it was just eight months from september to 
April, That's I guess. That's crazy you got to do all of that in eight months. Yeah, you do it. We I was thinking that was show. like at least a year or two of a program. But yeah. Eight months. Wow. It was just every day dancing. It was so fun. It was so great. Um, and I wanted to then continue to their two-year program. And some of my friends did. But then I realized that I didn't actually want to. I don't know if this is laziness or if I actually really genuinely felt this way. But I just realized I didn't want to make dan- be a dancer for my career. I didn't want to go through... Uh, auditions and all of that like that wasn't my yeah and I love dancing but I didn't think I wanted to make that my career because really I love dancing but I also love teaching whether that's dance or something else I've just always loved kind of teaching mentoring mentoring and being a role model so then that's when I went back after I finished that year I went back I was still involved in the studio. Excuse me, did you take a year off from the studio when you went to school? No. Like- so my years get jumbled up in my head. But I think what happened, the year I was at George Brown, I started the year I was teaching a couple classes. But then my second semester at George Brown, my classes ran later. So then I couldn't actually make it. I was oh, trying so that. hard because I was taking subway from Toronto to Kipling and from the bus to the studio and I was not getting there in time so I had to unfortunately someone else ended up taking over that class but I think that was the only year that I wasn't dancing (laughs) yeah I wasn't dancing I wasn't teaching and that was really even only for a couple no not even because the first four months I was still teaching oh my god second half yeah so from the time I was literally born I've never really been away from the studio more than one year when I was five I'd took a year off and then ever since then we've just like been there that's crazy yeah so now I've been a teacher there for the past like five years six years so what was your first style that your mom enrolled you in um I think it was probably ballet I think for sure ballet as with most that's the way it goes not so much because it is obviously the foundation and it's important but I think it's also the easiest to get kids to follow along right like it's just basics. They're so young at three years old. They're just learning how to walk. They're learning, they, you know, so all of these concepts of straightening your leg, of pointing your toe, of jumping or of hopping, all these things are really new to them. So that's where ballet, we now at that age just call it kinder dance and we do. Um, I, they have changed that name a lot. So yeah. Kinder dance. Yeah. Because that's what it is. You're really just teaching them listening to music, yeah. following instruction, mastering how to stand on one leg, all those basics where we just are so used to it <laughs> yeah. that it's really kind of introducing them basics. Even at three years old, they don't go to school yet. So something as a teacher, I'm like, okay, line up. And then they just clump together. They don't, and they, they don't know what a line is. So you're even just teaching them how to line up, you know? So that's where, um, I guess, back to what you asked me was that was the style I learned first was more ballet, the basics. And then next ventured into tap because that oh, really? is, it yeah. wasn't jazz next. No, I didn't take jazz until I was seven. No, I was six, my first year of jazz. So I did ballet three, four, five, skipped out five at a different place for some reason. Um, and then took tap when I was four. And then when I was six, I came back to dance at the studio and did jazz and ballet okay and then that's when I ventured into the world of competitive yeah dance and then yeah that's history and the rest is history yeah competitive years were fun eh competitive is the best it's just so fun especially because as you would know our studio is not the kind that 
just like blasts you with five hour a day classes where you're here five days a week. So I feel it was like, like a family community feel. For yeah. Sure. Where you get to have the best of both worlds where we would go to competition, have so much fun. And we actually did well. Yeah. Competition. That is true. We usually did well considering the amount of time we spent at the studio compared and to other like really, really intense ones. Where it's like you're full time. That's a full time job. You're there every day of the week. I felt bad for kids that come to school so freaking sleepy. And I was like, wow, well, I've got good rest because I yeah. wasn't at studio until 10 or 11. Yeah, you have like night. two hours of class, maybe three. Yeah. And yeah. But that was like once a week, not four times yeah. a week. You know? Yeah. I think the most I was ever at studio was like, Four times max. Yeah. Like max, max. Usually it's like, yeah, two or three. Yeah. And that was really only once you got to be later anyway. Yeah. And right? competitive too, right? Yeah. And it was like your choice at that point with the like solos and duets. And like, then you'd have to start picking time slots and yeah. coming on different days, stuff like that. But yeah, you're, they'd be really good with trying to group your group classes like the same days. Mm-hmm. We still do that now as we, we, because we, we never want it to be a case of a chore or something that just eats up your whole life. Like it, we, we want it to be something that, supplements your life and is a great part of your life but it doesn't need to be your everything like you need to because I feel like that's also where people burn out because you're there you're like oh I have to go back yeah I don't want to go I just want a day off so we really try to keep it as you know blocked as possible not having people here every day that happens sometimes yes we try not to but you um, do the best on your end as you can but at the end of the day like it's it a schedule. Is, there's right? there's yeah. 50 to 100 families Especially you're trying to... the kids are in extracurriculars that aren't just dance. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, now I'm working with more than just our studio schedule, yeah. right? So yeah. then We get that sometimes time. where it's like, well, swimming is this day and volleyball's <laughs> then. And then she's got horseback riding. How am I supposed to come if that's the only time you offer? And it's like, well, sorry. <laughs> but like, we're a dance studio. We're not trying to play Sudoku with your volleyball, your yeah. your violin, your this and that. And we try our best. Of course. But there's only so much you could do because, yeah, people who are able to give these kids all of these different opportunities, that's great. Yeah. But it does play into a lot of scheduling conflicts. For sure. And I think the hours are always really good at this place too. Like, you never have to leave school early to no. go to dance class or, again, be there super, super late. Yeah. This year we finish at 9.30 and I'm like, dad, yeah. 9.30. Especially for you guys have to like close up and stuff. Yeah. It's a little different. Than yeah. And I remember even I had a student a couple years ago. She's not with us anymore because she was doing competitive gymnastics. And Ooh, she's tough. eight years old and would leave school every Thursday at lunch for the whole afternoon to go to competitive gymnastics. And I was just blown away by... This child is eight years old and hopefully, like I really do hope if you're putting that commitment that time, I really do hope it leads to To something something bigger, bigger. but eight years old and you're missing out on school every week. Yeah. That is crazy to me. Like I don't think it really affects the kid till a little bit later in life either because they're eight, like they don't really know any better. They're just doing what they're told. Their mom's like, Kate or dad picking you up at this time. We're going here. And then that just turns into their routine every Thursday. But then later in life years down the road then yeah kind of start to look back at it and wouldn't you have just so much more work I'm sure there's a certain plan that they would adapt but it's just crazy to me that at such a young age there's those that option to kind of dive in it's really 50 50 because I guess if you know you're passionate about something the more you can commit to it then it might actually pay off in the end when you treat it like 
you know, this is going somewhere instead of being kind of, oh, this is fun. We'll see what happens. You know, I guess there is some something to be said with when you commit and like dedicate your time to it. Your chance of success in the long run is probably going to be higher. Right. Anyways. So, yeah. What was your favorite style of dance? Mine? I don't know. It's so evolved. I love all of them. I teach everything at our studio. So that also came out of necessity where some like a teacher would quit or we we needed a class and then I would just adapt and start teaching that. So now I teach everything like hip hop, acro, um, hip hop, acro, jazz, tap, ballet, contemporary, musical theater. I feel like that's all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I love the difference they all bring bring because tap is obviously so much fun when you get to make sound rhythms the rhythm yeah and just exploring that and feeling like you're actually creating that where jazz to feel so strong now that I'm older sometimes sexy Mm -hmm. um just strong flexible and just fierce like that feels great hip-hop is awesome when you want to feel that just swag, like cool yeah, and swag yeah. and just you can be in a rap video <laughs> yeah and just kind of like fun my i like that hard aggressive hip-hop but i also kind of just like fun feel good hip-hop yeah, yeah um and then lyrical of course when you're going through a breakup or if you're go if you're you know sad because of whatever emotion you yeah. have going on it's nice to have that outlet to be like oh my gosh, my life is so terrible. I'm so (laughs) sad. And just get to feel like you can let that out through your body. For sure. I guess. So I do love all the styles. I couldn't even pick one. Is there one that you like to teach the best? Or ones that's like easy that just like your go-to? You're like, oh, I don't really have to think too much for this class. Honestly, no. Because I feel now pretty, pretty... I have a lot in my head to rely on because I have been teaching for so long. And I did another job for many years where I would go to schools as well in different areas in Mississauga, Oakville, Scarborough. So I gained a lot of experience through that job as well. But now I feel as a dance teacher, pretty good and confident. Yeah. My personal biggest challenge is always choreography though. Choreography stresses me out. And I think for a long time, I felt that made me not as valuable as a dance teacher. But I think it's also just where your strength lies. I feel as a teacher, my biggest strength is having my students understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. I'm not just saying do this because I want you to. I'm saying do this because it's going to activate these muscles and it's going to help you accomplish jumping till you can touch the seat you know what I mean so I think that's where my strength as a teacher is and I love choreography it always works out in the end I always love the finished product but along the way I'm like oh my gosh this sucks this is the worst choreography ever I should start from scratch oh my gosh okay maybe I kind of like it no wait it's crap is there a difficult part where there's um when you there's repetition you're like oh I feel like I've already used something like this in a dance oh all the time yeah yeah it's just your crutch right like you're you know certain movements and your body it's muscle memory in a way yeah Yeah. so even if I freestyle to try to start new choreography then old movements come through which is fine but I just don't want to rely on them too much yeah you know I kind of save them for when I'm really stuck and I just need that little bit of transition exactly yeah exactly I was just gonna say we had a dance teacher at our studio 
Um, and she was like our main jazz teacher mm. for a really, really long time. And then she got married and had kids. So obviously she moved on with her life and dance was not like her main priority anymore. Um, but, uh, there was like certain moves. Let's just call her, um, Chanel, because I don't know if people mm. want to be named in this, but, um, she would do certain moves and certain competitive dances. And then you'd see it in another one a year later or in another soul. And you're like, that's a Chanel yeah. move. And you just like, no. Yeah. Um, and a competition was just like, it was just like the signature moves you'd see. Yeah. Same with another teacher we had that was a male. He'd have certain things. We'd be like, oh my you God, just like, it's his, it's his move, you know? Yeah. Um, it's very, it's, and my mom would always complain about that. She'd be like, man, there's so many moves. Why can't you think of another one? But I think it's just <laughs> natural. Do you know? Yeah, your it body really, just, again, it latches onto this. It's like, this looks good. Sounds it looks good. good. And sometimes you're just in a pinch. You know it's going to work. I mean, I... I'm because my mom would always mention that, I definitely am hyper aware. I was going to say. And I use those moves, but then I try to modify them. Or I'm like, okay, what what is this move like? How can I keep the vibe of the move or the purpose? Like if I'm traveling, for example, the purpose is to get me from here to there. So, okay, I was going to do this move, but maybe if I add this arm or if I do this, I can make it look different. Yeah. You know, so I just try to, it's like. It's a little challenge. Yeah. And I think, I think for myself, when I'm choreographing, I expect it to just like knock it out of the park. When if you're writing an essay, for example, (laughs) you don't just write the essay and it's perfect right off the bat. You write the essay, you review it, you cut out certain parts, you change, you, you know, so I I have started to think about choreography in the same way that the first draft is just a draft. It's not the final. It's not the final. And as you keep working through it, you get to that really solid point. Yeah. I think though, my kids, they just know and laugh that anything I say is not what I actually mean. Like I, <laughs> I'll say, okay, this is the exercise we're doing. You're gonna hit one, two, three, four, and then I go to the music, and I'm like, actually, wait, no, this is what I want you to do. And they're like, oh, oh, you just said. I'm like, yeah, I know. Just go with it. And I change it, change it, change it, change it. And now they kind of are just used to that process. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't get they attached know your, to anything. Your mental, how you work now. Yeah. yeah, I'm just so indecisive as well. I just change my mind. Like. I think the best is when this happened a couple times, where you learn a whole routine to one part of the song, and the dance teacher goes, "You know what?" Like three weeks later, I think it fits better this part, and then mm-hmm. you're like, "Okay, well now I have to remember how. Like, how am I going to hit this move on? Like, what? They're just like looking at you a little confused, and it takes a little bit as a group to like re." evaluate how you're gonna do it you know yeah. look good as a team on stage with yeah. the moving that whole choreography like bit I think it's also interesting too because that's sort of like the familiar part where we got used to it at a certain part I'm using this as a segue to like life yeah you know but you get used to that as a certain part you're you're you know it you don't have to think about it anymore because you've taught it to your body your body knows it and then all of a sudden they want you to switch and you're kind of like well I liked it better the way it was I yeah it, why do we need to change hard. it mm-hmm. why do we it was good the way it was mm-hmm. and then sometimes you're like this is this is a bad decision but then you trust <laughs> your teacher you just listen because you don't have a choice yeah I was just gonna um, say you, don't. you just you sit there and you do it you get told what to do you do it and then <laughs> but then in the end it works out perfectly fine and it actually looks great where you moved it to yeah so I feel like that's also something in life where it's sort of like, even though the change in the beginning sometimes is weird. Trust the process. Trust the process. You just go. And whatever the final product is, you're never going to be like, oh, we should have kept that five count three seconds earlier. Like, everything always works out yeah. in the end. And you yeah. kind of forget 
the the bumps along the way. Yeah. I guess. hundred yeah. percent. So did you envision yourself when you were growing up to be at the stage you are now? Like, did you think you were going to be such a large part in the dance studio and have yeah. so many classes? Was no. it a dream you ever had? I don't know. My dream was to be a teacher. I wanted to go to school and be a teacher um, because I love working with kids. I love kids as a general of just how species <laughs> species yeah they're just such great people they're so honest they're so sweet they're so real and they are just born you help mold them yeah and i feel like what my passion always was was finding this child as an individual and keeping that and finding a way that yes we have to conform and do the same dance moves and look the same but trying to keep that individual child if they're really outgoing and loud, okay, yes, I don't want you screaming all the time, but I still, you're still welcome to be outgoing and, and speak your mind. Or if you're really shy, I'm still going to try to encourage you to talk to people. But if you're just painfully shy, there might be a process along with that. So that was always my passion, working with kids, being a mentor, that sort of thing. Um, when I was 18, I had planned to go to college for ECE. Because that's what I wanted to do. Do you want to tell them what that is? Oh, yeah. Uh, ECE is early childhood education. So basically, you would work either in daycare or childcare centers, such as the YMCA or daycare. Or you would, I think you would be a teaching partner as well in kindergarten classes. You just wouldn't be the full time. You're not teacher. the full, yeah. Yeah. You're basically doing everything the teacher's doing as well, I think, but just not on paper quote unquote so i'm probably I, not getting paid the and probably yeah but. yeah the pay would definitely be like that's probably why they have it that way so they can get away with paying people less yeah, but, yeah um so i was meant to go to school and do that but then i was working at a restaurant saving up serving serving yeah and this was when i finished high school i was like okay i'll work at a restaurant i'll save some money for school and then i started working at this restaurant with all these people who were teachers and couldn't get jobs and, and they're also servers. And they're all servers still. And they were like 30. I was like 18. And I'm like... Was this a big chain restaurant or like one of those... Family? Yeah, it was called Turtle Jack's. So I think there's one in Mississauga. There used to be. They changed it now. But this was in Hamilton. Uh, yeah, so it was a chain restaurant. And I remember having this moment of thinking, well, why would I go to school, pay all that money... Time. Just time, effort to just end up working at this restaurant where I'm already working. <laughs> so I decided not to go. And that is part of like a kind of wish I did, but that's the Was decision I made. Was your mom upset made. at all? Like, did she have an impact on this part? My mom, bless her heart, she tried her hardest. I did not listen to anything she asked me to do. And I honestly don't even remember. I never... I was the kid that never really asked for permission. I just told Did my it. mom. It was a statement. What, yeah, it was a statement. <laughs> Not 100%. can I go or can This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. And I think that was really great on my mom's side as well because I just learned to be independent, make my own decisions, follow my instinct. I do wish probably some things I did listen to her because she probably was right. I was trying to help. I was trying to help. Um, so that's always been something like I wonder if I didn't go to school or if I did go to school sorry where would I have ended up um but it's everything just kind of leads you from one place to the other because if I went to school for ECE I probably wouldn't have gone to George Brown through George Brown I found the other position teaching in schools as well as teaching at the studio I returned back to the studio was there any teaching component in your 
program that you took? No, no, that was the interesting thing. It was 100% for dancers, like to be a dancer. And it was great. I loved it. I loved it. But once I realized like, hey, I don't think I want to hustle my butt all the time, audition, audition to be a dancer. I didn't think that was where my passion was. I realized like I do actually love working with kids and I love wanting to be a teacher. So through that, my other position I found was called X Movement. And that was the one where I would go into schools, teach. um, We had multiple programs. I would teach the dance or the yoga program. And having that experience, I was like, hey, I didn't go to school to be a teacher, but here I am working in schools, not only though teaching grade kindergarten, grade one, grade two, grade three, grade four, grade five, grade six, grade seven, grade eight. So when I would have gone for ECE to be with just kindergarten, now I'm having this experience teaching kids from grade five or grade kindergarten who are five years old to grade eight who are 13 years old. So that from a teaching perspective gave me a lot of that experience that I, I loved and was great. Um, but then now I've just kind of transitioned to the studio as my main thing. So you kind of got to your end goal in a not planned way. A hundred percent. Like you said, you didn't think you needed to go to school for the, the other stuff. And then mm. you still want to teach, but you didn't go into EC, ECU, ECE, ECE. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, and yeah, you're literally doing what exactly what you want. Yeah. And it's, but it's interesting because I think I realized I still don't know what I want in my life. And I think it's always evolving. I kind of just go with these phases and try to get the lesson from them. I always liked the idea of that certainty of being a teacher. You teach from 8.30 to 3.30, Monday to Friday, your weekends are off. And I like the idea of that just so cut and blank. And obviously teachers do so much work beyond that beyond that time hour. frame yeah um but then i realized i feel for my life i don't think i can commit to that that d- day in day out day and in, it's not day just out. like for a couple months like a summer camp it's for like- years yeah and i realized part of why i love the studio is i get to have that flexibility flexibility mm-hmm. but then my days i still have the freedom to do things like this to um connect with people to to take time by myself if I need it if I want to go get my my driver's license I can do that whereas before I'm like geez the the office hours are nine to five and I'm working those times yeah you could just leave in the middle of the day but I want to go do a yoga class yeah so I I realized I kind of want to have that flexibility in my life how selfish or whatever that sounds that's my life you know so I kind of like having that freedom to have options with my day to do what I want when I want how I want yeah (laughs) so let's backpedal for a sec what's the funniest thing a dancer that you've taught has done in class or oh my gosh there's so many there's so many and I genuinely love my students they feel (laughs) especially the ones who are like three years old um last week or two weeks ago one of them came in with a little napkin wrapped up and she, she gave it to me. She said, it's seeds for you to grow peppers. And I opened the seeds. And I'm like, oh, thank you so much. And her mom kind of winked at me. So I don't know if they were actual seeds, but I think they were seeds. Like, you know, when you eat a red pepper and there's the seeds in them. <laughs> I think that they were those seeds and that she wanted to give them to me so I could grow my own pepper. But I don't think they were actual seeds that you could grow. I think they were just like seeds she picked out from her pepper. 
Um, so that was really, I just love. Why did her mom wink at you? I think because she was kind of just like, go along with it. Oh, I think. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't and you were like, okay. Thanks. And they were just wrapped up in a napkin. So I was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Um, the Yesterday, there's so many. Yesterday I was teaching class and these kids were nuts. What Absolute class? nuts. It's a beginner jazz, kinder dance. So they are uh four and five one of them is three this little dude he's so cute but he's just like a little dude who just boy runs. dances are my favorite oh my gosh he's just running around not really listening but we're getting there it's a process right i have to stay patient as they as they discover to where they feel like responsible for themselves yeah, yeah. you know um anyways so they're they're wild running around and i wanted to do just like calm them down before I send them out. So I turned off the lights. I put on some nice relaxing music. And I was like, oh, I changed my voice. Okay, everyone, let's sit down. Let's just stretch. Let's breathe. And she goes, are you trying to calm us down? I was like, yes, I am. How did you know? <laughs> because I turned off the lights and all the music. Are you trying to calm us down? I said, yes, I am. How did you know? And she's like, well, I'm learning to sing and dance. And I just knew. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you're very smart. You're, you're like good good figuring that out. But just how she's, well, I'm learning. She's four years old. I'm learning to sing and dance. And I just knew. I was like, that is the exact confidence that oh I need God. in my life right now. Like I'm learning these things and I know. I could just tell, you know? Yeah. That's hilarious. Just those one-liners. And that's why I think I love kids is they're just so real. They're just so honest. They're genuine. They're just trying to. They're just trying to live their life and figure life out at the same time, you know, while still feeling like kids want to feel grown up, you know? Yeah. So that's where me as a teacher, I don't want to always be, sit down, be quiet, listen to me. I want that, but You're I want prison. them, yeah. yeah, I want them to still feel the freedom that they still are responsible for themselves, 100%. but like kind of guiding them towards what I actually want them to yeah, do. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. So then on the other spectrum, what's like... A situation where you had had to be stern and they're like not taking you seriously or like a common error you see in the kids and you're like yeah. how do I fix this yeah um sometimes it's just getting them to understand their body I guess where I'm saying I want you to stretch your point your toes like that's every dance teacher's thing point your toes and when they're still not doing it I'm like how can I explain this in a way that you understand and Sometimes I do get frustrated because I know you can do it as I would speak to the kid, but you're just not, you're not having that awareness, um, for that. So physical, sometimes I find it a challenge. Yeah. Making them understand what I physically want them to do because it's not always easy or natural. Um, last year though, we did have a challenging group that they're all like teenagers and we kind of put some new kids together and it was just like baking soda and vinegar Not that just <laughs> yeah and it was a very challenging year for them as individuals in the class for me as the teacher because we ended up dealing with a lot of things that weren't dance related like talking about each other in the change room or talking behind each other's back just the attitude with how they carried themselves in class yeah. the effort um the attitude and I was like oh my gosh I never want to have kids for or when they become teenagers I'm shipping my kids away <laughs> you know because it's just like it was just so many attitude issues where I was we and this year I've seen a huge improvement That's with good. them we That's I good. yeah and I took a lot of time to reflect 
as their teacher and and try to be not mad at them I was and I was frustrated and I one time I I even cried because I'm like why don't you listen listen?" and then but it was just all of us as people navigating how we interact with each other how we work as a group and we definitely this year have it much better um I focused a bit we just talked I tried to talk real with them because they're they're teenagers they can speak openly you know and I I would say to them I know you girls want these challenges I know you want to do a quadruple flip and be able to land in a perfect split but if you're not going to show up to class and put in that effort and have a good attitude about it you're not going to accomplish that so trying to use it as an opportunity for me as well but for them to learn like we are responsible for our results so it's really easy to come to class and say, oh, well, that person's being silly. So I'm frustrated because they're not doing it. Well, that's only going to affect you. 100%. Like you, how you come to class, how you carry yourself is the result you're going to get. And all of us as individuals play that role. Um, how I show up as the teacher, how you show up with your attitude, we are responsible for what happens in class. So if you're not happy with the class, I, as a teacher, I'm doing the best I can to make sure we're all happy, we're enjoying ourselves, we're growing, we're being successful in what we're doing. But if you're not going to show up with that same intention, it's not going to happen. Right. You know? So yes, that's like a dance thing, but I felt like it was a pretty valid experience and conversation to have with them just as humans and individuals. Right. Um, And this year, coming back from that, we've I've seen such a huge shift in their attitude which is really great uh we're only a month in though so I hope that it sticks around yeah Yeah. sure but I think that they've definitely kind of smartened up a little bit too and at the end of the day like that class we're all girls I said to them we have you get your period you have a headache you broke up with your boyfriend like all these things that make you feel emotional I want you to come to dance and yeah, I'm going to try to challenge and push you, but this should be your place where you're... Leave it at the door. It's like, yeah, yeah. like let it go, deal with it later. And I remember, that's why I I was always so confused when they weren't happy at dance because I was growing up, that was my place. Same. Where whatever I was mad or upset about for that one hour, it was some. it was a distraction. That one hour, I was like physically moving my body. I was focused on what I was doing. I was with friends so that after that hour, whatever I was feeling bad about before I still maybe felt bad once I realized oh yeah that's still there yeah <laughs> you know you walk out the door crap. it's like that little bag of like crap that you left at the door it's like oh yeah this is mine I guess I'll <laughs> take it with me you know but yeah. you just felt better having that escape so that's what I always thought was just so odd I'm like why are you making this the bad yeah, part of your life right. like make this the good part of your life and you're like you my come. experience wasn't your experience I don't understand yeah it was really confusing but I think we've gotten through the hardest part. That part. Good. I did um, with all my kids this year as well. I did it last year, but this year more focus on it. I got them to write down their goals for dance because I... Was f- it like anonymously? No, they made it their own. Like they made their own little card where they wrote their name and they designed their picture if they wanted to and wrote the goals they want for dance on the back of this card. So if it's, I want to be able to do a triple pirouette or this split I want to be flat in my splits whatever it was um and I feel like having that thing that tangible thing might be helping us 
when I'm asking them to do something challenging, they can go, oh my God, this is hard. I don't want to do this. But then they can also go, wait, this is going to help me achieve that goal that Mm -hmm. I wanted. Um, And also for me as a teacher, it was also a way for me to find out where do you want, like, what do you want to work on? If you don't care about your splits, then I'm still going to make you do them. But I might not focus as much on them you know so yeah I'm still going to work on all the things I view as important as the teacher but I I'm going to make more of an effort to incorporate certain things to help you achieve what you're looking to do right right yeah so you said that you there's a multiple of you that are kind of like as a team now kind of taking care of the studio would you say that they're kind of like equal roles or or do you guys have like does someone do more of like the business side of like they put all the numbers for the dance costumes they order the dance costumes like who who kind of does what yeah so there's four of us which kind of works out perfectly i just i'm a person who likes even even numbers numbers because (laughs) it's just so satisfying like four quarters equals 100 yeah um so i think we at times it's, it's really hard to measure who does more, who does what, because it's such different things. The four of us do really um, take care of everything, sort of, but we also have our specific areas. So one of them does more the front of house, dealing with the customers, registering them, authorizing payment, making sure people have paid, collecting when it's time for costume payments and competitive payments, all those things. She kind of keeps track of all those invoices. And also she's like, Miss Fix It. If there's a hole in the wall, she fixes it. If the sink is broken, (laughs) she fixes it. If someone's costume rips, she fixes it. So she's really honestly quite, I've said to her many times, she's invaluable that she's priceless because she does so many things for us it sounds like she doesn't need to be told either she just does it takes she does it to get it done 100 yeah which is great um the other one as well she does more of the getting us ready for competition and uh putting everyone's name into the competition making sure that all of the names are spelled correctly making sure that you know we've paid our dues on time so she does more of the behind the scenes for the things or for like recitals too for recitals as well just all that kind of detail work she's very detail oriented so that helps because i am not very detail oriented when i want to be i can focus so small but then i forget about the big picture or <laughs> sometimes it. i'm so big picture i forget about the details so that's where sort of my role that i have self appointed <laughs> is i consider myself like a visionary in a way that I'm constantly kind of pushing the envelope of what we do to try and just keep that growth happening. Right. Um, so I teach all the styles as well, but I'm also sort of like, let's, we're doing an open house for our grand opening. So I kind of pushed for a raffle where we could give a free costume away that did not get approved but we did get approved to give away two free tickets to the show which is something we've never done before so my role is make sure that the kids are happy make sure that the the classes are great but I also kind of try to have more of that future future outlook outlook and how can we keep growing how can we keep expanding how can we make this a place where people are really proud to be part of where they feel that community they feel like they're part of a team or a family that's not actually a bad gift to win as a raffle because when you go see the show you see the different styles of choreography Mm -hmm. the dancers um like the costumes they pack out like you can kind of just fit like envision okay i can see myself at the studio Mm -hmm. or i can't right and it's very 
easy in that sense that's like all laid out in front of you yeah you know? like you can see who choreographed what you're like i really love her style yeah so the the raffle that we're giving away is more for studio current studio people so the plan was more these people have chosen us to come and as much as it's a family thing they pay money you know what i mean so where my perspective was is a way of thanking and and giving back to these people who okay, do. Okay, okay, I see. They, they, it's a business at the end of the day, Yeah. right? It's a dance studio. We care about each other. We we want the best for each other, but it is a business. So we do collect payments from people. So that's where I really wanted to have something that gave back to our people. The people who have chosen us, have stuck with us. Um. So hopefully as time goes on, I can kind of push and get more. Yeah. But it's a new new concept, these things, right? Yeah. So um, on the open house though, the open house, I am running a free hip hop class as a way, like you said, for the people who aren't part of the studio, okay, they can come. Good. Yeah, they can come and, and try a class and see, hey, do I like this space? Do I like the teacher? Do I like the people? Because I think with the studio, it's a business, but certain people come and then they just, it's not a, it's not a match. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So as much as it's a business where everyone is welcomed, we're not going to say no, but sometimes you do kind of jive with people, right? And if yeah. you don't like the the teacher, well, you're probably not going to enjoy the class. Or right. if you don't like the kids in your class, you're probably not going to enjoy it. Or, you know, so we do want to give people that opportunity to make sure it's a fit yeah. for them and their family. And then hopefully they stick with us. They like right. us, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah, I remember my first step into the studio I think I was four I was really young Mm. but that whole match thing just really like resonated with me right there because I remember my mom was with me obviously she wanted to like enroll me and the male owner of the studio who is they were never married right no but they're they're when you're together for like 40 years yeah um so Miss Nancy was the owner but she she passed away and then so he was still around well at the time they were both around anyway long story short so he gave us like a tour of the studio i remember like holding my mom's hand like walking into the ballet room um which was there forever and Mm. then uh i just remember like looking around being like yeah like at four years old this is where i want to be like i guess i don't know maybe i would have liked any studio i was put in but just like the feeling he made it feel like comfortable and like home and my mom was like pretty satisfied she's like all right like we'll sign up right now like she was very she was very easy that way and just it was a match Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah and i think when we try to force it if there's certain people who want to leave like we've had a few people leave this year that were kind of like whoa really I didn't expect those people to leave um but it, and they didn't say anything it was just like a cold drop well some of them did say something which is a, we appreciate because then it's yeah it's not just like where did they go they just ghosted yeah, us you know you they did figure out other av- like avenues if it did you go to a different studio yeah. did you just stop dancing altogether um so we had a few of those things ha- few people leave that we were like whoa weren't expecting that but um at the end of the day if it's not a match anymore from a business perspective of course we always want the business but from a personal perspective I don't want people to come to a place that they don't want to be part of if you don't want to commit to this studio or this team that's okay that's if if that's it then don't come here that's how it goes you know so um we really do want it to be a place where everyone is is welcomed and supported. Right. And if people don't feel like that's the place for them, that's okay. That doesn't have to be any hard feelings. Um, you need to go where you feel you're going to get the most 
out of it. Yeah. You know? 100%. Yeah. 100%. So wait, did you touch on all the people at the studio? I, I didn't mention Elise. Okay. Yeah. So she does what I do as well. She's more of a... Um, yeah, the the teacher, the visionary, sort of pushing for things as well. And she went she, to school for dance too. She went to school. She did the four year program at York, um, and now she's actually a teacher in school. So she's got a job as she's not full time. I don't think. I think she does still supply, but that's more her career path. And she's not at the studio as many days. She's at the studio two days a week. So she definitely does a lot um, that I do as well. But she's just not there as much because she has a full-time yeah yeah for job sure. that's more of her career path does she do does she run the competitive dances or yeah okay yeah a, bit, a mix of both we, okay. but we all do kind of both. a mix okay. yeah cool yeah so there's four of us and it really does help as i mentioned before to have the people who you know i i like the big picture so i push for that big picture i push for those things where they're like what the heck are you talking about? That's ridiculous. But then I keep pushing, keep pushing, and then I get it usually. Um, (laughs) Other than that dance costume. Yeah, other than the costume. I tried, I tried. I'm like, just wait till next year. Um, Yeah, and then the others where they see the details, they see the the details that I missed, which is, is really, it makes for a good relationship to have, they fill have gaps. the fill in the gaps. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's been nice. That's good. Yeah. So at this point, you're not just doing the dance studio. I know we kind of touched upon it before we hit the record button, yeah. but you want to tell everyone kind of where you're at in life? Like what are you doing? Any other jobs? Yeah. Are you just working on yourself? I'm always working on myself. <laughs> and because I, I don't want to settle for things in my life where I've now put myself in a tricky situation because I do live on my own. I do have my own finances and bills that I have to pay. And um, so I have a few different things on the go to make that happen. And I'm also just trying to explore what feels like a right fit for me and my life. So I'm working with another company now called You Got Active Kids. And I do teach dance classes in daycares. So that's been a a huge learning experience for me because I'm used to the three-year-olds where I'm like, great, I tell them to do this, they do this. Where when you're now working with one-year-olds or two-year-olds, it's a whole different ball game game because they don't talk. You know what I mean? Like they're not talking. They don't always follow what you're doing. So that's been great for me to learn how I can still get them engaged and participating and then I also do a bit of um the calling for them so I'll call around and contact and try to expand excuse me expand um who oh my gosh sorry (laughs) who has our that program so that's one of them I also am running a coffee business on as part of it as well because I definitely love um health and just like giving your body certain benefit and uh, when I found this product it was very interesting because it's coffee or tea and most people drink coffee or tea every day but it's infused with a herb called Ganoderma and that herb is very cleansing it helps your body find a alkaline state or a pH balance and I tried it first as a customer for like Where? three weeks it's it's through it's, the website okay. so i purchased it through and like you can get it through representatives which now i am a representative um so my godmother said i know you because i had psoriasis on my scalp for a long time so she recommended i try this and 
drink the coffee Did just you post like this on your Instagram I have story? posted it on okay, my I'm Instagram before. Okay, I'm trying to remember. I was like, I think yeah. you might have like shown this before. Yeah, I have posted it before. Um, yeah, so I drank it for three weeks and my psoriasis like just started improving and I was like okay there's actually that's something wild. in this yeah that's working it's working yeah and and knowing that it's something that most people already drink coffee or tea or whatever I was like okay I see the benefit in this and I see the op- the business opportunity as well to share the product so we're hosting on November 17th a event for that one where we kind of everyone's going to come together so it's, it's in person in person yeah it's at the Trayport um on Queensway in Mississauga, the Treyport. And November 17th from 11 to 2, we're hosting an event, kind of like an introduction. So anyone who's heard about it or is interested in the product, interested in the business, it's a chance for them to come learn more about it. And you're selling it there too? Yeah, we'll we'll be selling it. There's also speakers. So it's kind of like a motivational event but also yeah it's sort of just an event for people to learn more about the business but also there'll be some mindset and kind of coaching I guess so do you make any commission or anything when you sell when it isn't at the event I'm just curious like how you curate like do you create income from this yes you would yeah so it's sort of like um I I became a partner or representative for Mm -hmm. this and then when me knowing you I'd say oh here's this product try it when you purchase it through me that calculates as like sales through my side I see yeah so that's another thing and I liked that because I felt like it's an opportunity for me to kind of dip my toes into the business world yeah um and i'm doing that at the studio as well but just sounds like you're being very entrepreneurial i'm trying yeah i'm just sort of dipping my toes in all these areas so that i'm kind of gaining skills as well and and whatever i decide is my like whatever turns out to be my long term i'm just wanting i just want as many experiences and opportunities as possible to yeah that makes sense build my skills um, I'm also a part-time dog walker because I love walking dogs, or I love dogs. Sorry. Um, and so just walking is just part of the fun. <laughs> it's part. Of, it's great, and that's part of why I like having my daytime free. Where someone's like, "Oh, hey, um, I need you to come walk my dog at one o'clock." I'm like, "Yeah, sure. I can take a break from work and go do that." Um, and it gives me my fix of seeing dogs. So that's not really like I don't advertise it super much, but I do have a, a, an account on Rover, so people can just book you. It's like Uber for dog walking. That's they can so book cool. You. Yeah, they'll like leave your keys. And like, and... do you have to drive there most of the time or is it walking distance or a mix? For the most part, you do it within your like area. Oregon? Like they see where you live and it's within that. So it's pretty close to home. And yeah, they just, there's an app that you use where you say I'm at your place and it your map goes on and it it calculates what you're doing. So it sees where you're going. So is it people that are just too busy and they can't let out their dog or is it people that are like, unable to physically walk their dog yeah it's a mix of it's anything really it's it's oh no my my uh okay sorry i'm trying to give you an example it's it can be just random where someone's work day changed last minute and they're like oh shoot i can't be here with my dog today i need you to come let my dog out yeah or if someone works all day and they feel bad that their dog is left for eight hours which is honestly terrible um that is you know then you can know that someone's coming in your dog's getting that attention through the day right or yeah there's options as well for when people go away you can watch the dog for the weekend or a week or two weeks whatever i have done that um and that's so fun but it's really weird because the dog is getting used to you and you're getting used to the dog and when you're they're at your house and they start like ripping things up 
if they if they are that kind of dog have they yeah and that was pretty stressful when this dog just like ripped everything up and i was like oh my gosh okay he's just a puppy he doesn't know he was super cute but he was wild i would try to walk him and it was like it was like something out of a movie where I'm walking this dog and he would just go in circles. He's like yanking me around, <laughs> running in circles. And I'm like, oh my God, please just stop. He's jumping on me like that. Ah! Like this. Did attack. you like tell the owner after? Oh, she knew. She she was a he was a rescue. So he'd been through kind of like traumatic experiences, I think. And yeah, she knew and she did warn me, but then in the moment I was like, I don't know what to do with this dog. Um and, and it was such was a it? cute dog. It was like over a week. Maybe. So do they like pay for all the stuff that the dog rips up? Yeah. Well, I mean, they maybe that's part of the. What you sign up for? Yeah, really. Oh my God, that sucks. But there were certain things where I'm like, why the heck did you rip that up? It was like a pack of Uno cards or something. You know what I mean? I'm like, why don't you go and ruin my Uno cards? So nothing that was of actual value. That's good. Thankfully. Oh my God. I can imagine. But then it's, it's. Also for me, I think, oh, wow, I'd love to get a dog. And then you realize how much responsibility they actually are. I think I'm good with just having them day to day or yeah, week to week. I can, that's why I like having that option. Fix. I get paid. I well, walk a dog. Did you grow up with a dog? I oh, I grew up with, yeah, we had two dogs, two cats, and a rabbit. We always had pets. What were the two when you had that fire on your stove? Yeah, uh, well, actually, I think all of them at the time. I do. Yeah. Yeah, we had two cats, two do- two dogs, and rabbit. So the one dog didn't really care. But for some reason, I feel like he wasn't home. The one dog that was the chill dog. I don't know where he was at this moment. The The dog that was there was freaking out. So I just put her outside. Yeah. And then, yeah, we grew up. All of them are dead now. But <laughs> I always like, I love, I love, yeah, rest in peace to those. Except for the one of the cats is still alive. Um, One of our cats lived till like... 20 something yeah she was very very she made it, yeah she made it a long time our other dog made it till like 16 and then he had to be put down because his legs like Aww. stopped working and then our other dog made it till like 11 and just and the other cat is still alive yeah, like lived for a long long period of time are my cats yeah yeah my my animals yeah we i don't know why i guess we just like we never even took them to the vet or anything like we never did any of that like did they get their shots I mean, I think they, I think so. I think they had their beginning shots, but like past that, I don't think we ever maintained anything and they lived a long time. So maybe that's the key. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. It was great. And I do, I love, I don't have any pets now, but I feel like they just give you such a sense of comfort and, you know, like warmth, like when they get excited when you come home or, yeah. or there's something at home that needs you, you know, you can't just go on a bender and not come home for three days like no you need to look after this yeah it's like a kid yeah like yeah in a so, way like they don't talk they bark or i know meow or whatever pee they, on your they shoes do. yeah <laughs> i mean kids do that i guess too probably <laughs> um so let's talk about mental health a bit because i know like you are a huge advocate of yeah that on your instagram and uh you're really spiritual too i yeah i feel like everyone is on certain on levels level, yeah they just like tune into but you it have more. like do you have the crystals the yeah and the cards yes i love those little cards and i know it's sort of like well they could be it could mean the situation and you just make it what you want but sometimes it really there's a certain card that you haven't seen for like three times you've done it and then you get this card and what it's are the sort cards of, called again 
Um, so it's sort of like tarot cards. Tarot cards are a little bit different. The ones that I have and often post are oracle cards. So they're angels. Um, and there's certain angels that represent certain things like healing or angel of, um, you know, family relationships or, or child or protection, angel of, you know, guidance. Like they all kind of have different things. So you might ask a question about whatever and it might say you need to take time and reflect on your desires and then the other one might say know that I am here guiding you making this transition easy and then the other one might say um something else that kind of ties it all together so it's like even though they're just these cards that are just words when you ask that question the answer typically does reflect what you asked so how does this work so you ask the question and then how do you decide which card you're pulling yeah so there's certain book like the book the cards will come with a book and it'll say okay "Okay, new love put one two three four five cards out and it might show you kind of a formation um the one i typically use most is just looking ahead or just asking the universe the angels i just say what do i need to know in this moment Sometimes I ask specifically, like, I'm going through this breakup. What should I do about this? What does this mean? All that. Um, So you kind of just sit, hold the cards, shuffle them, because that's sort of just tuning in, putting your energy into the cards. And then if the one I like best is the looking ahead, which is three. So you just put one, two, three cards and you just pull them. And it's basically the cards that you pull are the ones that you need, right? Like, you, you so do you shuffle them before you start? Yeah, you can, you do what you want, really. You shuffle them. I like to kind of just like hold them, close my eyes, shuffle them. Okay. Breathe. Think of the question I'm asking just to kind of, it's sort of like a meditation in a way, like where you're just kind of focusing on that. Yeah. And then the one that I like with the one, two, three, it's sort of like present, near future, further future. And it might give you an idea of what might be blocking you or what is the next step or yes, you're on the right path. Like trust what you're okay. doing, trust your instinct. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's sort of nice. I know some people are like, well, whatever doesn't make it. It's, it's not real. Um, and I think it really is just whatever you believe it to be. I find like a lot ghosts. of, yeah. Do you believe in ghosts or do you not like they're real? They're not same thing. Yeah. And it's yeah. really, it's sort of like the radio frequency with, with anything in the universe. If you're not tuned into that radio station if you're not tuned in to z1035 you're not gonna hear dj danny d spinning the tracks you know what i mean like you have to be kind of on that tune to really get something out of it something out of it yeah Mm -hmm. and it's really whatever you feel i guess like i just love thinking i didn't grow up in a religion or anything i grew up with a mom who i guess was more hippie but she wasn't she never really taught me about spirituality or or religion. She, she always, went to Catholic school or public? I went to a Catholic high school just because I wanted to. My friends were going and I wanted the uniform, but I wasn't. You wanted the I uniform. wanted the uniform. That's a new one. I know. Is this I all just, girls school? No, it was it was a regular high Did school. You skirts? Yeah, kilts. See, like I wanted the kilt skirts. and I just thought like I wanted the experience. I'm the type of person I want to have every experience. So I went to public school my whole life. I wanted to know what it was like to have a uniform. You're like a kid at a buffet and has every everything. single thing. That's like, like literally I don't me. Miss out. That's why I used to like go to Mandarin with my family until I would literally be sick from eating so much. <laughs> and I'm still like that today with my life where I'm like, let me try this. Let me try that. I just, I say to people all the time, my life is just an experiment and I'm really just, 
I go through phases and I make sometimes drastic decisions, sometimes dumb decisions, but I treat them all as just an experience of life and how it's leading me somewhere. It's it's teaching me something, you know? So yeah, and I love the idea. I wasn't raised specifically religious or spiritual, but I love the idea that there is something else out there that you can kind of count on for support or guidance or literally miracles. And I'm part of what I'm working towards getting stronger at is just that belief that I can manifest things, I can create things. And what's the harm in believing that you can? Honestly, if it's like, hey, I'm starting a podcast, I want it to be successful, I'm going to make it happen, I'm going to be the number one whatever, like who's to say you can't create that through your mind? Or, or ask the universe to support you by connecting you with people right. or, you know, so I just love having that safety net, I guess, that place I can go talk to and say, universe, I, all these things are happening to me right now, but I am releasing whatever I'm stressed about to you. And I know you're going to show me something, a pathway, a, a next step. And I'm just going to trust that everything's going to be fine. It's like a nudge in the yeah. right direction you're hoping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So or I even if it's just, the wrong direction, it's there for a reason. So to teach you something, to show you something. And yeah, Open so your eyes. I love, that's why I'm, I'm really tuning more into that side um, of, spirituality. of spirituality, just to kind of strengthen it. I feel like it is a bit of a muscle as well. And, and just yeah, yeah, have enough. that place I can go that, that, escape room in my own mind where I can just like close my eyes for a minute and just picture life as I want it to be and and know that eventually if I can picture it that way I might see the real effect of it right yeah right. so do you have a crystal collection I do have a bit of a crystal collection I'm not I don't know I, I just think they're gorgeous I know like, so I don't I sometimes them. have some with me but um like you just carry them in your purse? Sometimes. Are they I don't heavy? know. I don't know. I used to put them in my bra too. Like sometimes. Wouldn't they like hurt? hurt? Yeah, I would take it off at the end of the day. One of them is called pyrite and it's called it's fool's gold. It looks like a clump of like golden little nuggets and stuff. And I had that in my bra when I was a server and I was like, I'm gonna make so much money. Um, because it's meant to be <laughs> attracting I need some of that. I know, right? And that's what I love. I'm like, why can't I just have this thing? Whether it's hocus pocus or not, why can't I have this thing that's gonna make me believe? I'm attracting the Good. things I want yes. in my life. Yes. Um, I don't really, I'm not a super educated person on these things. I just, I'm like, hey, that sounds good to me. I'm going to do it. You know, like I just. <laughs> yeah, totally I don't, through lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, don't explain it to me. Just if this is a, if holding this little sparkly rock in my hand is going to help me find a million dollars business opportunity, I'll take it, you know, and I just love kind of, I like the way they look. Are I you like the thought. A person that does like get stuff off the shopping channel a lot? No. Okay, well, I'm fair. pretty good. I'm impulsive though. Buyer? When, yeah, when I'm like, I want a crystal and I'll like go to the store and just like buy crystals. Um, they're not super expensive, the smaller ones. Yeah, either. the huge ones are really expensive. The huge ones, yeah. The little ones are like Yeah, they're manageable. Small. And I just like the way they look too, as part of decor. I would just have them as decor, honestly. Yeah. Like that's I I see why people would have them, but I also would have it as decor. as decor, and I think a lot of people do because they just look nice, yeah. You know, and it just looks like something magical, yeah. You know, when it just like came out of the earth, yeah. You know, it wasn't man made. I think that's, I don't think so. Anyways, they're just natural things. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I haven't. I need to do more research on the mining of <laughs> yeah. crystals and jewels. Yeah. Um. What else was I gonna ask? So I guess the path you're on now with 
the studio with mm. the dog walking with the coffee yeah. by the way does the coffee come in different roasts um it, just it comes with a few different kinds like mixed latte is mixed already with milk and sugar um mocha has a bit of more of a chocolate taste i prefer the black coffee which is just black and then there's a king coffee which is just a stronger it has a stronger um amount of the herb in it like the healing herb so those two are my favorite they don't come in different roasts but it depends on how strong you like your coffee it's more of like an instant powder that you mix and you just add more or less water depending on how you like your coffee so by strength do you mean like does it taste more bitter no or just like the herb strength in each yeah like kind. healing benefit it's because what the ganoderma comes from a mushroom like reishi so it's the powdered form of that with the spores which is the part that helps to heal your body and cleanse it and detox um so when i say he- stronger that's what i mean it's got more medicine quote unquote for lack of a better term in it um or i guess a higher dose if you will um but the taste like there's not a dark roast um, a light roast i just i prefer strong tasting things so i don't add as much water to the mix because okay. I want it more strong. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And if you like it more mild, you might add more water or if you drink it with milk, you might add more, more milk. milk. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see. I was like trying to picture how this looks in the package and like. Yeah. Okay. It's just like a little packet. You mix it um, with hot water. And so that when I first started, I noticed an actual difference was within three weeks. But now that I've been drinking it from a couple months, my psoriasis is honestly almost completely gone it only bothers me a little bit here and there if I maybe have too much product in my hair it kind of irritates my scalp but it really has been a game changer for that and just sleep in general is so much deeper it can help people with cancer which is kind of a big claim but um the not to go too deep into it but cancer can't really live in an acidic environment so that's where meat and pop and cigarettes and all these things create an acidic balance in your body just like when you have a pool and you check the ph balance of the pool you might need to add more chlorine or whatever that's like our body we want our body to be in a neutral acidic state right, and right. cancer can only live in the acidic state so through this product it helps your body become alkaline and ph and therefore cancer can't survive in that environment so there's all sorts of different yeah well it's a it's my business so I, the more i'm like digging into it i'm learning more that's good. things that's i love good. health as well i you love... can't bs anyone you yeah. literally know it all yeah uh, well not all of it there's some people there who can talk forever on this product as well i'm still kind of in the phase of like learning learning and understanding but health as a whole has just always interested me and i want to yeah, I want to achieve just optimum health physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Like, I just want to be a very healthy person. person. Yeah. 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 So I guess back to the original question that I veered off back to coffee. Your path on life right now. Oh, yeah. Don't know. <laughs> um, like, yeah, I think I'm just... That's one thing I, I um, am working on is having a bit more of a vision I've, I also have started a YouTube channel. And, I and, saw that. Yeah. That made me so happy because yeah. you're so outgoing and like your personality is contagious. I was literally watching the videos with my mom. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, I'm so glad you started yeah. that. Yeah, but then I'm like, oh, geez, that's like the time commitment as well. And 
just all these things. It's a process. It's a process. Mm-hmm. But I like that. Um, I, some people have said even I should start a podcast. I'm like, oh my gosh, all these options. There's so many avenues, and I love the idea of all of them. I've I love the idea of definitely. I like the idea of having a platform, being someone people would look to for guidance. Um, but I want to make sure I'm in the right place to share advice or guidance first. Yeah. So right now I'm just trying to create a life that feels good for me and create an, a day-to-day that feels fulfilling, mm-hmm. that allows me to pay my bills and feel comfortable. I don't want to just be struggling i I, I want to have like so much money in the bank that i don't have to worry and i think some people go oh do it not for the money but because you care and it's like i do care but coming from a childhood where money wasn't always available i think i have a lot of mentality around just craving that that safety that security that i'm not worried so my main goal right now is just to create a life for myself that feels very secure very safe and fulfilled and impacts people in a positive way whatever that looks like whether that's through teaching dance walking dogs providing coffee I'm like I'll do it all I'll try anything and I just I know that through time the right things fall into place right yeah how old are you again I just turned 26 I know what's your sign what what? I'm a Virgo okay yeah and part of me though being 26, I'm like, oh my gosh, I do a lot of comparing and, and judging myself. Everyone does. Everyone yeah. Does. And just am I like, ahead? Am I behind? Am I on the same track as that 26 year old? Yeah. And I do that and I beat myself about up about that so much. So do. I'm really trying to just like, okay. Try not to compare. I try not to compare. And because you, you don't know anything, right? I can use my friend Elise from the studio as an example who her and I both had such different lives where my childhood was a little bit more challenging with the finances, I came from a single parent home that didn't have much money where she had two parents with... That both worked. That both worked. That had plenty of money. But she went through some learning challenges or health challenges where I was always and have been very healthy my whole life. So I think when I take that step back and say, okay, yeah, I'm comparing that you had this experience and I have it worse than you. But did I? Because I actually was didn't have any health challenges or anything yeah so i think when we're comparing to others it's it's useless because you're just comparing that one part but you don't actually know you might not want to trade lives with them after all you might actually be like oh you know what that little bit (laughs) yeah you know what i'm good with what i have over here so i think yeah i'm just trying to reduce the amount of comparing i'm doing and and good plan that way plan to live to like 150 super healthy and strong so i got lots of time to do it yeah 150 (laughs) yeah was there anything else you want to add no this is great yeah it's fun thank you so much for coming on um, if you guys want to follow her on social media, her links will be in the show notes of this episode. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you're subscribed to the podcast and follow on all other social media platforms, which will also be listed in the notes. Yeah. Awesome. Right, thanks. Bye. 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 <laughs>